Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. Today is the 23rd of November. It's my little sister's birthday, too. Um, it's been a crazy day. I am telling you nonstop. I must have had to recharge my phone like three times because it died on me. It's been extremely, extremely busy. Uh, I had a phone call that I could not get off of um, that came in. So I apologize for the delay start. Um, I'm also running like a headless chicken, getting things done. But today I thought before we delve into things that are happening, things that may or may not be happening, um, I want you to think of something. So we use the term, we're the storm over and over again, but it's important for us to understand what a storm does. I know that a lot of people were very disappointed with the election results. And I know many <clears throat> understood from my tone after March in 2020 that uh, he's going to win by a landslide, <laughs> but we're not going to like the result. Storms tend to loom and bring a shroud of gray. They tend to shut out the light. Well, so we say, those that are on the ground 
can only see a gray cloud. And we hear rumbles and lightning and fear that we will drown. Those that stand above can see that a storm is nothing but a preparation. A preparation to destroy. And once it's done destroying, it brings anew. During the Trump administration, everyone was feeling safer. Everyone was feeling bolder. But also everyone was just beginning to get into that land of confusion. And that was a song that I played a lot. Welcome to the land of confusion. Parcel tongue. Boy, boy, boy. There are so many that are fluent in that. People turned to certain voices to feel inspired, to get excited because they felt that they were at war. But they felt more at war that they were attacking President Trump and they were suddenly seeing something. The thunder constant, destruction constant, this cloud over our nation. Well, these four years, so many are like, boy, I wish President Trump was back. Think about it. You understood what it meant to feel protected. To have a nation represented by people that spoke your words, your thoughts. But you also saw all those little demons creeped in everywhere. You could start to see them because you can hear them just a little bit, just a faint sound. And there were many voices, some on text, digital, print, sound. Well, TV, those went real quick. That would tell you, no, 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 no. Lindsey Graham said beautiful things, but don't listen to him. Pay attention to the other words he says. Eight are good, two are most evil. That destroy the good he says, pay attention. So everyone didn't even see the clouds looming during that time. They were being distracted. They felt that they were fighting for someone else when they should have been fighting for themselves. Do you know in history, this is the fifth time, well, this will be the fifth time of this nation's revival. Oh man, this February is going to be insane. Uh, the month of February will be insane. Right now, this cloud, this storm hanging over our nation is shaking them to the core completely. And only in the past very swift 11 months, all of you, have become proud, have become bold. And from sometimes saying what you want 
to sometimes doing some patriotic shit, <laughs> to doing it almost every day. It must be every day. You must be living every day for the now. Because that is how you realize that your problems and your situations are nothing but an illusion. See, if you live in the now, you're more likely to pay attention more. You're more likely to see things more clearly. Being present in the moment right now, saying my problem right now is. The problem I need to conquer right now is. What am I, what must I do right now to remedy it? Not, oh, you know, when, when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to start that diet. It's, it's the, what is my problem right now at this moment, as we speak, what is the problem that you have? And the problem is that you must speak. Many times people are not all there, right? Or crazy, short a few French fries. Because they're opposite to what we expect someone to be living for tomorrow or relying on the yesterday. We think that someone that uh, is thinks about the past and thinks about the future, but does not get bound by those and instead remains only in the present, is considered spontaneous. Well, let's just imagine this. What if one day... You sat across a person who lived just for that moment. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but right now. A person right now that will speak to you in the now, that gives you their undivided attention, no distraction. And when they talk to you, you know that they are giving you everything their whole being. They're not going to be reading some text, flicking through TikTok, uh, you know, drawing a picture, sharing something. That they're so entirely right there that you can't phase them. You can't distract them. You can't take them off their track because they're living free in that moment. Have you ever thought when you sit down and you eat dinner, usually we're hungry, right? You know what? I haven't sat down for a meal in like forever. Like, that's a lie. <sighs> Actually, no. I haven't had a proper meal where you sit down and you're not on your phone. You're not watching TV. You're not even having a conversation. But you just sit there and you keep your mouth shut. Well, except for when you're chewing. And you just enjoy your food. You give yourself that time to look at the food that you're going to eat, uh, taste every texture, uh, smell it, right? That, that, that moment where you're just there in that moment to have that meal, you know, that kind of meal. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, of course, I've sat down somewhere and had dinner, but I'm usually having a conversation or I'm on my phone. And for the past week, I've just been standing at my kitchen counter eating ham and cheese sandwiches 
or whatever else I might find. But that that time, you know what I mean? Like it would be a great thing for all of you. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if any of you are like, are you nuts like eating <laughs> your food? I kid you not. Park your phone in another room, have no TV. And even if you have company, just like pretend they're not there and have your drink available, your tissues, whatever you need, and just focus on your food. It tastes so much better. You feel so much at peace because you're in that moment right now, right? Doing that. But then there's another type of now moment that many savor. The moment of making change. See, every second that goes by, history is written. Well, there goes some more history and some more history and some more history. You want to make that count. And the only way you make it count, I know it sounds super morbid, right? And I know a lot of you fear this, which is crazy as to why. But if you actually contemplate what death is, like literally accept the fact that one day you're going to fall asleep and never wake up. Like, what would that feel like? Are you blank? Are you going somewhere else? Like, whoa. Like, you mean I'm never going to wake up? Nope, you're just never going to wake Your eyes are going to close and you're never going to wake up. And at that moment, that split second right before you never wake up again, you're like, damn, I could have said that extra word. Damn, did I lock the door? <laughs> damn, did I leave the stove on? You know, simple things. Once you accept that, you start to understand how important it is to get things done. And you know... God rest his soul, Father Stacy. Uh, you know, it's 2021 now, so <clears throat> I'm going to say six, seven years ago. No, six, five years ago, I was at confession, right? And he was like, what do you have to confess? <laughs> and I really didn't know what to say. But you know what I said? I confess that I give no time to myself, like that one second, right? I have a problem with time. It slips away from me really quickly. Just for me, things that I do, productivity, damn, that goes really quick. It's like while I'm working, I look up and it's like two o'clock and I'm like, shit, where'd the morning go? I got to go get my kids soon. But when it comes to me, right, it's as if, Time speeds up and I have no time. So I want to go take a shower, car wash, just go in. Well, I don't even want to wash my hair. I just want to wash my body. Car wash, you know, boom, in, out, let's go. 30 minutes later and it's like, what the heck? I just stepped in there. Time. When a nation is being restored, this is the time. The time from sporadic braveness becoming daily. This is the time of restoration. Now, time will go slow. Right? Remember when I said time will go slow. We need to put some boots on the ground because things are about to get really wild. And it's really hard to hold that time slow. I mean, it's been as slow as it can right now. But the thing is, what, what 
I've observed is that you are all taking steps. You never thought you would. God is empowering you to be bold. And with that bold step that you take, and every time you speak your mind, you break that spell of, your, of enchantment. You're starting to be disenchanted and you can start to see the future you build with every step or with every second that goes by. And that will lead to what you will consider a celebration of the people. There are many out there that only recognize God when he actually works, meaning you see something he does, like, I don't know, turns water into wine. But you don't see you don't know that he works. Those that know how he works are unfazed. Those that are controlled question, oh, God never did that. And they question it. It must be evil. It must be this. You're not supposed to know his words. You're supposed to know his ways. This time... In 2016, <laughs> President Trump was elected. And yet, even though he gave us that inspiration of, oh, look at what your nation can be. Look at what we're doing. You feel great. That term was the actual death of this nation. And I'll we'll say, you mean Trump brought destruction? He did but not to the nation you believed you live in. You are watching the systematic dismantling of the old guard. How many times have I told you old guard, new guard, old guard, new guard? This term that he started is the one of death. Lots of things have changed. Think about it. Four years ago, you wouldn't even fathom any of this. What did we say on election night? What did I tell you on election night? We're not going to watch Fox News anymore. I said that on election night. We're not going to watch Fox News anymore while I was streaming the results. We're not going to watch Fox News anymore. We're going to watch CNN. We know what to expect with CNN, but Fox is worse. And then I got um, a copyright strike, uh, whatever, from Fox, which was then removed, I guess. But they struck me for streaming the elections, which is considered fair use. Why? Because I told you that is the moment they will move. That was his answer. You're correct. They are changing. They are worse. Many swift changes happen. And you can see that many people are shook to the core. Now, one would say, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, these people are literally, we're slaves. I realize that now. We're not free. We're not free. We can't say, we can't do. They're firing us for not injecting ourselves with experimental vaccines that they themselves are even telling us that people are dying. They're causing 
tissue damage. They're, whoa, the spike proteins are going into the nuclei. Uh, they're hijacking. They're literally changing the DNA. It's doing nothing of what they're saying. In fact, it's making us weaker. We're more vulnerable. And they want us to be more vulnerable. And there's a lot of people dying and no one's talking about it. All these stillbirths are happening. You know, what are the repercussions from this? And now they want to give us a fourth booster and then a fifth. It'll never end. You'll die after 60 years of life with 120 boosters of COVID. Maybe they'll give you the cure for cancer. And they'll inject you with the cure, but give a little bit of a, what is it called? Backup. We're just going to leave this ticking time bomb for when we need to activate it so you can get infected when there's too many of you around here. You think that's a joke? (laughs) See, you can't control the masses, especially when your spells don't work anymore. Therefore, you must remove them. See, this is why the problems that you believe you have right now are really an an illusion. But think of it this way. Those that know his way know and can see now that his people have invaded every single facet needed to be heard. Because people are thirsty and hungry for righteousness in the system, in the government. They want things to be right. They want it to be right. And for some reason, now all these ears can hear and all these these eyes can see. Infiltration, invasion, infiltration, invasion. Well seems like God has invaded every single corner. Every single corner. Suddenly the people that you thought had power cannot speak things into reality, but others can. People that were on pedestals are now kind of feeling unstable in that seat. They feel that chair rocking as if they're just about to be knocked down. People are being whipped. Defamation, slander, hate, and everyone's ganging up. Something's fishy there. But I like to say, I think it's kind of better. The higher your pedestal, the harder you fucking fall. And it's very important that they fall and that thud is heard across the world. Every single one of them. Now... Today I was going to come on and spill some nasty tea. I really wanted to. But I thought there's more important things we should talk so that you can understand just how deep this goes. And maybe you'll understand what Alice in Wonderland means. (laughs) 
it's quite fascinating when you realize that it's the same actors playing the same role over and over again. It's, it's almost insanity. It is almost insanity. You just, you're, you're kind of thinking like, okay, how does this happen? How is this happening? Does no one see it? Is everyone just allowing it to happen? It's so bizarre. So it's the same players, same song, same fiddle. So let's think back. Let's think back to Shadowgate. Shadowgate began walking you through the relationships between certain people. The Central Intelligence Agency, Military Industrial Complex. other companies. And you saw, you know, McCain, right? And many, many times, and this is why I said that when Jones, Jones and Ali Akbar are going to be the final nail to on the coffin to take out someone very important because they chose the wrong side. Remember, they got into a fight with their friend and, and Steve was probably really upset. Because they introduced Cambridge Analytica, which was also part of Shadowgate 1, so you should see that. Realize that some dodgy things were happening, hence why only one went to the White House. And what's insane is that, you know, <laughs> Ali Akbar, you're just, you're just out for revenge. You have no idea his vengeance and how far it goes. But what you need to see is just how insanely in tune this all happens. Same, same people. So, let me see. Is it going to play? So, in 2008, um, you know, actually, let me see if I can share this screen. In 2008, there was election fraud in Ohio. Did you guys know that? Do you guys remember the election fraud? There was election fraud. And in the middle of that stealing or pretending to stop the steal, but actually stealing the steal or doing the steal, in the middle of that was Carl Rove. Carl Rove. And what's insane is that Carl Rove demanded that someone take the fall. Remember Carl Rove that's on Fox. Carl Rove that people look to for Republican commentary, right? The people forget. <laughs> oh, Charles Black. I think I'm the only one mentioning your name, but okay. So Carl Rove told this person, you're either going to take the fall, right, for the election fraud, or else we're going to do harm to your wife. She's going to go to jail. She's going to do this. Nah, 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 nah. I think it's important that um, you guys see this. This is a document from law office to the attorney general 
asking that we represent public interest clients on behalf of which we intend to assert an Ohio Corrupt Practices Act RICO claim against Mr. Carl Rove and others based upon their activities beginning 2000 to use corporate treasury money and other resources in violation of applicable laws to establish a single faction dominance in the United States, military dominance in the world, and generally undermine the rule as it is developed over the course of the past century. I'm telling you. When I point to people, it's not because I'm bitchy, okay? This is key. Mr. Rose emails from the White House to the Justice Department, the FBI, Pentagon, Congress, and various federal regulation regulatory agencies are obviously relevant to the factual issues that we intend to address in the case. We are concerned about reports. Mr. Rove not only destroyed emails, but also took steps to destroy the hard drives from which they have been sent. This is to request that you advise both Secret Service, which we understand should have a complete record of his email sent from the White House and federal agencies to which Mr. Rove was communicating to protect such electronic records from destruction, pending our opportunity to discover them in the course of prospective litigation. Now, what happened there, Tori? Well, what happened is that Carl Rove threatened a GOP high tech, an IT guy who, by the way, died in an airplane crash. Right. The guy was killed afterwards. Right. He threatened him to take the fall for the election fraud with the RNC or that they would go after his wife. What I'm trying to say, this RICO, this conspiracy has been a while, and this was all during the McCain period. But what they discovered in 2008 was that it was going on for eight years. And what I said was I was there when they gave birth to the idea. So I obviously know what I'm talking about. And so this is how it evolves. Now you have to think who worked with Rove and McCain that is now in the midst of this election fraud and telling you how they've done nothing wrong. And how they've been trying to help. Same players, right? Same players. Eight fucking years later. And they penetrate. 2016. And then they try to penetrate again. Ah, no. They penetrated in 2016 to fuck it all up. Remember, Carl Rove got blackmailed by Ali Akbar because that was the backup they had so Carl Rove doesn't flip and does what he's supposed to do. I met with uh, John Connors uh, uh, within the last two weeks. and Technical difficulties, of course. Sorry about that. Give me a second. I'll get this done. Is it not wanting to play with me? Play with me? Right. That should work. There we go. Yes. All right. Hold on, guys. Here we go. I met, I met with John, John Conyers uh, uh, within, uh, within the last two weeks, weeks and uh, made him aware of what we have, what we think we have in terms of new resources and new uh, information, uh, in, including uh, the availability of someone with the expertise of Steve Spoonamore to assist uh, assist the state, assist the Congress and assist the court in understanding uh, what, what we have to understand for purposes of uh, uh, better assuring the integrity of the, 2000, uh, the 2008 election. 
the materials we passed out this morning are the motion that we filed this morning uh, to lift the stay, uh, explaining that we don't want to be disruptive, we want to be targeted, focused, and helpful. Um, and we have communicated with the Attorney General's office and indicated to them that we are uh, perfectly uh, anxious, indeed, to, to make uh, Mr. Spoonamore and other uh, uh, information available to them to help them do their job and see how they want to uh, proceed in, in the context of this litigation and otherwise. And we've also uh, given you uh, two letters, they're called document hold notices. If you recall, we earlier did this with the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we sent a document hold notice to uh, Matt Karras, who has represented the U.S. Chamber, and asked them to hold documents relating to the, their activities to use uh, corporate money to influence Supreme Court elections as, as part of a prospective claim uh, under the Ohio Corrupt Practices Act. Uh, and also a letter to Attorney, U.S. Attorney General Michael Mukasey asking that he uh, uh, advise the federal government to hold uh, uh, emails from Carl Rove uh, that we think is uh, an individual who has been at the center of both the, uh, the uh, use of corporate money to attack attorney, state attorneys general in their elections and uh, candidates for Supreme Court in their elections in the states and also in the, uh, the manipulation of the election process and uh, so we're asking that uh, documents be held. We've expressed concern about the reports that uh, Mr. Rove destroyed his emails and suggested that we want the uh, duplicate, uh, the duplicates that should exist under the control of the Secret Service to be sure that those are retained as well as the, on the receiving end in the Justice Department and elsewhere that those documents are retained for purposes of this prospective litigation in which we anticipate Mr. Rowe would be identified as, uh, as having engaged in corrupt uh, pattern of corrupt activity specifically affecting uh, the situation here in Ohio. Again, it's quite funny how he was... Uh, the RNC was influencing the AGs just around the time that elections were being questioned in Ohio. And Carl Rove was in the middle of it. I'm showing you something because, you know, like I said, they're not smart. They are very not smart. <laughs> listen carefully, okay? Just listen carefully. And also, the, you should point out that the Ohio election results were outsourced to uh, the old Pioneer Bank building in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in 2004, which was on the same server uh, as uh, those White House emails. Uh, Wait, did they say Chattanooga? Shit. Where's my lawsuit filed for defamation? I'm just, and, and you know what? You guys can ask my lawyer. It was never my idea to take it to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm just pointing things out. This is just a point out. We should just say it's a coincidence, right? Mathematically impossible, but let's just keep going, right? So we've got the same actors, the same MO, the AGs, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Ohio, who brought on the RICO case. Oh, and their star witness obviously died in a plane crash. Let's keep going. 
and run by a man named Mike Connell of, uh, of GovTech. So uh, we like to discuss exactly how uh, the Ohio operation was outsourced. Uh, and it's also been reported, of course, that he's been tied to the firewall and security in the U.S. Congress as well. Wait, are you saying that the elections were put in a server in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where the White House had a server and it was exported to Congress? Oh, shoot, let me guess. Holy crap. Let me just think. Where was I in 2008? <laughs> Karma, right? You want to say redemption? You want to say walking the same path, but in another light? Huh. Sounds so interesting. Let's just continue. Yeah. What Bob is uh, pointing out that, that we, uh, as counsel for the plaintiffs, have recently uh, been introduced to some phenomenal uh, paralegal and research uh, resources in addition to Mr. Spoonamore, uh, and, uh, and we think we've, uh, uh, we're, in, we're now in a position to go after uh, the issues of election integrity in a very targeted way, as opposed to a uh, casting a, a you know a fishing net, we're able able to do some rifle shots. There's a guy named Michael Connell, who is a uh, uh, he, he designs websites and he manages the the information technology. Interestingly, he's done this for the Bush campaign in 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 uh, Florida. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bush campaign of 2000 and the Bush campaign of 2004, doing IT work for the state of Florida in 2000 and for the office of the Secretary of State in 2004. See, almost sounds like the things that I was talking about, about the Kentucky elections, how the people that were harboring all the votes were also harboring all the software for the state of Kentucky, and they were doing stuff for the Romneys, and they had sent it off to Spain that then pinged off to the Congressional Knowledge Management Database. But, you know, that's 10 years down the line, right? So, I mean, they were a little bit more advanced, you know, fiber and all. <laughs> and, and just think of this. Here's a person who is an instrument of a major presidential campaign simultaneously serving as the, setting up the hosting of the, of the votes in the Ohio election in which that campaign is a competitor. We're not saying that, that, that he did anything wrong in the sense of, of misconduct, but we're saying that, this, that these uh, conflicting roles uh, 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 raise some issues. The other important thing about Mr. Connell is that he, by virtue of his involvement in a variety of these uh, roles of, uh, of, 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 that we're concerned with, as a witness, he gives he can provide a perspective when one person. He couldn't be a witness, though. He died before he could be a witness. That can bring bring a great deal of information together to better inform uh, folks what happened and what, what some of the vulnerabilities are and where some of the data security uh, breaches may have occurred. Not that he caused, but that the as an observer of the system or a manager of the system. So I'm just going to stop that for a second. Now think, I mean, he was the IT guy and had all that information. He died, of course, and was never able to come forward and speak. <laughs> 
Guarantee though, somebody has it. Shit. Definitely has it. See, where was I in 2008? I think, you know, during that time, I was shocked walking into a Walmart in Chattanooga, Tennessee, leaving Georgia. And I saw people in pajamas and stuff, and they were like, yo, this Tennessee, you're lucky if people wear shoes. <laughs> That's what someone told me. So interesting. And you know what's really interesting? None of this, like my attorney happens to be from Tennessee. I didn't solicit him directly. I liked what he did. Just there. It says, yeah, conversation. Like, yeah, we can't, we don't, um, we need to add more plaintiffs. So we should withdraw from the federal court and we should um, put it in state court because we have a lot of, you know, people that we're suing. It's not just Dominion, it's Ali Akbar and the Chattanooga paper and Congressman Cohen of Tennessee. And so, <laughs> you know, and, you know, that was, that was a, you know, really hard call considering, you know, we had advice from like the best RICO attorney on the planet too. Um, my attorney had the privilege uh, to be guided and, and, and to, to gain knowledge and uh, uh, learn from the best RICO attorney uh, the world's seen. It was pretty awesome pretty awesome. And it just so happened. And that's where you realize that <clears throat> that's how God works. I mean, when can you say that <laughs> these coincidences can't be coincidental anymore? Know how he works. Don't wait to see it. Really know him, not his words, know his ways. And yes, mm, extremely blunt. And straightforward. But there are times like today I wanted to be catty and petty. <clears throat> and I thought, mm, not today. Not today. No matter. I think, you know, that kind of went a little bit. But I think there's a picture of us all having dinner and having discussed a few things. It's, it's quite fascinating. Now, uh, I think that it would be great for us to kind of swap over and watch our president because he's, uh, he was being interviewed. So this way we can uh, avoid the commercials as well. Um, uh, he's uh, speaking live. So I'm going to put this on. Let's go. From his presidency, and he writes every caption. Mr. President, great to have you back. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Sean. You know, before I have a lot of questions to ask, and I know, we don't, I know we don't have a lot of time, I want to go over some of the pictures. It is an amazing thing that a photographer chronicles pretty much every minute of a presidency, and I only know the times that I would interview you or be around you that that was the case. The, the first picture that really stood out to me, and I had a question about it, and you wrote all the captions to all the pictures. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama get ready to depart Washington goodbye and get on Marine One. Did you ever speak to them since then? Well, not much. Uh, initially, right after I took office, I did uh, one or two times quickly. 
I spoke to him, as you know, before taking office. That's sort of a ritual that you go through. And it was uh, 15 minutes and it ended up being really uh, normally would be 15. It ended up being quite a bit longer than that, to put it mildly. And it was a very interesting conversation. He was telling me about North Korea and the problems. And probably that was the greatest problem we had, which I, to a large extent, solved. I mean, we got along great with North Korea after rough first patch, but they understood we weren't playing games and we got along great. But not very much, Sean. Yeah. You, you had once told me that really you thought we were on a path towards war with North, North Korea. I did, and so did President Obama. He thought we were going to end up in war, and that would have been a nuclear war, and that would not have been good. I said, did you ever call him? Anyway, it doesn't matter what his response was. I decided that uh, let's see how we do. We met in Singapore. We met in Vietnam. We had great meetings, and we established a very good relationship. Uh, I liked him. He liked me. We had... Uh, we had some interesting conversations. You should only got, know those conversations. And we and we got back the remains of our soldiers. Uh, you gave him we nothing did. but we some did. of your time. I was at both of those summits. Uh, he stopped the, the test firing of missiles and his pursuit of nuclear weapons. Um, and, yeah. and obviously that was a good thing. Very different situation now. We'll get to in a minute. You, you're, the second one that really stood out to me is signing the largest tax cut in the history of the country. And I'm looking right. at it through the prism of Joe Biden about to spend more money than any other president by far in history with this new Green Deal, Build Back Better Socialism. Well, the New Green Deal is nonsense. It was conceived by AOC, who I don't think she ever studied the environment in college even. Uh, but it was just, uh, I thought it was a hoax when it first came out. And, uh, you know, they talked about cows originally and no windows in buildings and all sorts of things. So they've modified it a little bit. But you know where they want to go. But, you know, the Green De New Deal, we're spending money and just like throwing it out the window. And we're allowing other countries under what's going to be passed to totally surpass us. You know, we have this great asset. It's called energy, gold. It's liquid gold. It's under our, it's under our land. China doesn't have that. Other countries don't have that. And they're trying to take that away from us and give us wind. Well, wind is ruining our beautiful prairies and our beautiful fields and lands and everything else. And it's killing our birds and it's the most expensive energy you can have. There's nothing even close. And those turbines are all made in China and in Germany. And it's ridiculous, frankly. And it's uh, really hurting us. You see what happened in Texas where the windmills froze and they're sitting on top of natural gas, which costs almost nothing. You know, when you see those big flames on the top of the wells, those flames, that's energy that's being burned because we have so much of it. We became the number one producer in the world. We would have been, had I been uh, rightfully elected, we would have been number one by a number that nobody's ever believed. In fact, we would have, at the end of my term, we would have been bigger than Russia. And if you take a look, Russia and Saudi Arabia combined. We were energy independent for the first time. I know you say in 70 some odd years, I think maybe ever, but we were energy independent, Sean. That was a great thing. I considered that a great achievement. We had Anwar in Alaska, which was approved, which uh, thanks to Lisa Murkowski and a very bad decision she made, they ended that. Uh, this was, uh, they've been trying to get, this is the largest field perhaps in the world, perhaps bigger than Saudi Arabia. 
and they ended it. They've been trying to get it since Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan couldn't do it. I got it. And then they just ended it, the Biden administration. A gas was at a gasoline a dollar eighty three or a dollar eighty six when I left a gallon, and now it's at seven dollars and seventy cents in California, in different places in California, and it's heading that way everywhere, and it's going to go a lot higher than that. And we're asking OPEC for help. We didn't need OPEC anymore. They were. They weren't. They, Joe's not asking. Joe's been begging OPEC, and you're right. We <laughs> you, we became energy independent. For the first time, I, my research shows 75 years, if you're right, I stand corrected. Um, we were also a net exporter of energy, and, and the, it's even more profound, because you didn't import a single barrel of oil from the Middle East or Saudi Arabia. Whatever, right. a third of the world's oil supply passes through the Straits of Hormuz, those very narrow straits, where the Iranians like to cause trouble. That was irrelevant for our national security. We've given all of that up, and the people that are being hurt the most, Mr. President, are the poor and the middle class. A buck fifty on average, more per gallon, thousand bucks a year estimates to heat your home. Um, it is driving inflation through well, it's the roof. Actually, Sean, it's actually like the biggest tax increase you could give when gasoline goes up by one dollar and then two dollars and then three dollars and four dollars a gallon. Each time it goes up a dollar, that's like a big tax increase, a big one, not a small one. So we got them the biggest tax decrease ever, the biggest cut in regulations ever and energy independence and inexpensive gasoline. For the most part, we talk in terms of gasoline and we we have clean energy we had the best as you know we had the best numbers on the environment that we've had in 50 years and you're talking about a, carbon a emissions we had the lowest numbers ever go. Yeah, um, you know one other thing sean we filled up yeah. these strategic reserves and we needed you know it was empty for many many years no other president wanted to do it because in theory it's expensive when i got oil down to that low number we bought 75 million barrels and we filled up 75 million and we built, we filled up the strategic reserves. And now the Biden administration wants to take the strategic reserves, which were filled for the first time in decades. And they want to use that to try and artificially force down the price of gasoline and gas. It's ridiculous. You know, I love the fact that in, in very Trumpian fashion, you have a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, coming to the White House, you write, Mark Zuckerberg would come to the White House, kiss my ass. His censorship is terrible for America. His campaign contributions even worse. We uh, Tell us about that and then look at the m amount of money in terms of, of support for Democratic candidates and to defeat you. Uh, why, why such a different posture in public with you, uh, in private with you versus what he was doing uh, to sabotage you behind the scenes. Well, he'd come to the White House on numerous occasions and uh, a couple of times had dinner at the White House with me and the First Lady and we had, uh, you know, nice talks, but uh, it's, uh, it's just not a fair thing for our country what's happening. It's rigging the election. Molly Hemingway wrote a fantastic book called Rigged. And if you read that book, not only rigged there, but rigged in many different ways, but her book was fantastic. And you look at what he's done, and she's exactly right. And uh, very unfair for our country. Very unfair for the world, actually. So uh, I thought that uh, 
He was concerned that we were doing things. We were doing things. Had we had a second term, we would have had that much, really pretty much under control. We, we had some incredible things planned for big tech. They fought me, but they fought me illegally. If you look at it, it was illegal what they did, in my opinion. And uh, you watch what happens. I think big things are going to happen, actually, Sean. But uh, he would often come to the White House trying to get goodies. He didn't do too well. You, you have my first pick to the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch. Um, you know, well, I think one thing that defines your presidency is we put up that picture, um, one of the best legal minds in the world. But I think one thing that did define your presidency that you never got credit for. You said you were going to pick from a list of people that you gave before the election. You did. You said you would end burdensome regulation. You did. You said that you would cut taxes. You did. You said you would build a wall. You found a way. Uh, you had in place the stay in Mexico policy. You stopped catch and release. It's now been brought back. Um, what, so you said you'd get better trade deals that are free and fair. You did, even with China. Right. Um, and you'd get us out of, you know, long conflicts. There are many politicians that actually say what they mean and mean what they say and actually follow through on their campaign promises. I want to stop it right there just for a second. I want to share something with you that I don't know if a lot of people have seen or know about. But what's interesting is, is he said that, you know, you got us our, out of wars, lots of wars. And that was key. And the reason that was key is because one thing that uh, has been perpetuated throughout our um, nation's history recently is this uh, perpetuation of wars. So I'm going to show you a document, a very specific document. I'm going to actually show you, is this it? No, it's not. Is it? No, it is not. Give me a second. What the? Where is it? Are you kidding? I know I have it, though. <clears throat> Give me a second. I thought I had it open, and I didn't, so I have to remember where I put it. Let me see. Mm -mm. Are you kidding? Um, shut up. Oh, there it is. Okay. I almost had a heart attack. Here we go. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. So here we go. Let's see. So this is a document that was written. It's um, a specific uh, division of the Central Intelligence Agency called the Red Cell. But the portion that I want you guys to look at is the one where it talks about Bush. Um, hold on. I can't search. I scanned it. Secret document, right? <laughs> British intelligence, Nazi agent. So weird. Let's see. Foreign, foreign. Are you kidding? 
trying to see where it is. Because it clearly said that Obama was selected because he would continue the wars. And this is why he was selected. I'm trying to see. Pretty sure it was this red cell document. Maybe there's another publication of red cell. I'm pretty sure this is the one where he talked about Egypt. Um, trying to go through it really quickly. Libya. Damn. And this is pretty interesting. The ubiquity of internet services around the world and the widespread use of English on popular sites, YouTube, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, and various blogs enable racial clerics and terrorist recruiters to bypass America's physical borders and influence citizens. So weird. That's exactly what we did, but whatever. Yeah, this isn't it. Damn it, I thought I migrated it over. I apologize. But there was a document that I wanted to show you that talked about how Bush um, chose Obama because he knew that he would um, continue the wars that they began. Um, because... You know, prior to the U.S. actually going into war in 2003, the Defense Department released an actual official statement that Bush had authorized the use of military forces to use riot control agents like tear gas and chemical agents. Did you guys know that? And so what they needed to do was make sure that um, the president that came after uh would abide by that and maintain that secrecy. Um, but in this document, kid you not, I had it. It clearly stated that Bush selected Obama because um, he um, he uh, approved. Of, um, of him. And that's what's um, super weird. That oh, maybe it was in this Rove piece. Um, man, it had to be. Oh, gosh darn it. I, I'm pretty sure I had it. Oh, there it is. Okay, I think that's the one. Searching, because it's a big document. I wasn't expecting to do this, but it's not. Damn it. I'm so upset. I could have sworn I brought it over. Wrong hard drive, guys. I picked the wrong stick. Anyway, Bush Jr. selected um, Obama to take over. The elections in 2008 were nothing but an exercise to see how they can steal elections and how could they can process them. And obviously at that time, they didn't have the capabilities of paying them overseas and bringing them back. So what they did was they took Ohio because as goes Ohio, so does the nation, right? And this is why they had taken in the 2008 elections where Barack Hussein Obama actually won. They took uh, the votes and put them there. Now they already picked that he was going to be president. McCain was in on it. They were all in on it. They were all playing with their new toys. I'm just making that clear. So let's go back to our president who did take us out of these wars. And this is why they needed to get rid of him because he stopped 
those wars. Well, I've got by the people the credit, the things we said, well, we ended up with three great new Supreme Court justices and what nobody talks about, almost 300 federal judges. If you look at that, that's a changing of the whole system. It's about close to 30 percent of the judges in the country, federal judges, high ranking federal judges changed. Uh, you look at what we did with Mexico and Canada, the trade deals, the great trade deal I made for the farmers with China and manufacturers, too. You know, it uh, got overridden in my book. That's when I sort of said, look, China, it's just too expensive to deal with them after the covid or the China virus, as I call it. But we made an incredible deal. The farmers have never done better than they're doing right now because of the deal I made with China. And we made so many other deals, a new deal with Japan, a new deal with South Korea. We were doing fantastic trade deals. And frankly, uh, I think you would have had, I know you would have had peace, the, the Abraham Accords. You would have had peace in the Middle East. Uh, we should have never been there. Bush should have never gotten us into that mess. I call it quicksand. And frankly, Biden should never have allowed that withdrawal to happen the way it happened. You know, I got us down to twenty five hundred soldiers and we were totally secure. They were not touching us. They were. I told them you can't do it. I, I don't have to go into great detail, but they knew they better not mess around. And we were going to get our American citizens out first and others that deserve to come out. Not like they did taking hundreds of thousands of people out of Afghanistan. They have no idea who the hell they are. You're going to find out because you're going to have some bad times because of it. But you, you take your soldiers out last and we were going to get all of our military equipment. They left $85 billion worth of the best equipment in the world. They didn't blow it up. They left it right there. Brand new planes, brand new, brand new everything. The goggles, better night goggles than we have. The latest model still in the boxes. $85 billion. And the other day, I don't know if you saw this. To me, it was another sad day for our country. They had a parade of all of our equipment riding through one of their streets and everybody cheering with our equipment, the equipment that they stole from us when we essentially surrendered. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen that withdrawal to take the soldiers out first. The most ridiculous thing I've I think it was the lowest point in the history of our country. And then you take a look at the border talking about low points. Millions of people are pouring into our country. We have no idea where they're from. It's 121 countries it's up to now. And they're releasing prisoners from their jails. They're emptying their jails. We're like a dumping ground. They're entering, they're, they're releasing people from their jails into the United States of America. We're gonna be paying a price for years to come. And they're just coming in, no vetting, no anything. You talk about masks and you talk about vaccines. If you don't want to wear a mask and if you don't want vaccines, just walk in through the southern border. And they're pouring in by the millions, despite a great border patrol that's not and ice, that's not allowed to do their jobs. I don't think our country has ever been at a low point and we were at the highest point. And now we're at the lowest. We had the greatest economy in the world ever in the history of the world. And now you look at what's going on. We had 160 million jobs, people working. And now you take a look at the numbers. The whole thing is very sad. And we really did it twice. We did it before COVID. And then we had to readjust for the China virus that came in a gift from China all over the world. It, it just what it did to the world. But then I did it a second time. 
So we've done a job, rebuilt our military, largest tax cut in history, largest regulation cut in history. It's been an amazing thing, the creation of, think of this, the creation of Space Force. First time in 75 years, we created a brand new, beautiful branch of the military. The Air Force was the last one. This is the new one. This is going to be an important one, too, Space Force. So we did a lot, John, and... Uh, I think people appreciate it. I think they appreciate it now much more than they did on maybe November 3rd. But no, if you I, remember the numbers, I got 12 million more votes than I got the first time. So they appreciated it then also. You know, I never thought I'd see this country abandon fellow Americans in Afghanistan the way we did. Yeah. It's, it is beyond humiliating. Um, I never thought that we'd talk about giving payments of $450,000 to people breaking our laws, not respecting our borders of sovereignty. I never thought we'd give preferential treatment to illegal immigrants. Uh, no need for a COVID test, no vaccine mandate for them, as you rightly point out. Um, there's a picture of you and Andrew Cuomo in the Oval Office. And I thought about, you know, I never understood you sent the the Navy hospital ship, you built a 3,000 bed unit at the Javits Center, then you converted it for COVID capability. While Andrew Cuomo had the opportunity, you were providing all of the PPE, you were providing all of the personnel, you, they were COVID ready, people, all the medicines, all the gloves, everything was there available. He didn't have to send people to nursing homes, and he did, right. and then covered it up. By the way, as did the governor of New Jersey, and as did the governor of Pennsylvania. And here are these beds, 80 plus percent of them stayed empty, and you had provided everything for them. Why? Why wouldn't they use them? So I got a call from Governor Cuomo, and also from the worst mayor anywhere, maybe in history, from de Blasio. Could we help with that? And I sent this great ship and they converted it to use for COVID, which was not an easy thing to do. And they did it so quickly, so incredibly. And they sent it up. It had tremendous rooms, tremendous everything, had everything. It was ready. And then we built 2,800 rooms at the Javits Center and they were beautiful. And I'd call every week. How is it doing? How is it? Why aren't you using it? It was incredible. The Army Corps of Engineers did a great job. Everybody did. And we had this, these incredible areas, these big, beautiful hospitals. I mean, it's, and we built them all over the state. And we built them in Illinois and in Louisiana and plenty of other places, too. But we built these magnificent places in a period of days. And I'd say, why aren't you using them? And they couldn't give me an answer. They didn't know. But if they well, would the, have the, used that, you wouldn't have had the problem. And Cuomo would have been a lot better off than he is right now. You left Joe Biden with not one, but three vaccines and therapeutics, monoclonal antibodies, which he only mentioned for the first time uh, about a month and a half ago, only because they were being used in Florida successfully. And there are more people in this country that died from COVID this year than last year. And I don't see the member all during the 2020 election, every cable channel had up how many people yeah. contracted COVID, how many people hospitalized, how many people died. We have more people dead in 2021 with three vaccines and monoclonal antibodies. And I don't see those. I don't I don't see those sidebar counts anymore. Why? 
So we did such a great job with that. It was supposed to take five years to 12 years to get the vaccines. I did it in less than nine months, and they're really effective. They really work. And by the way, people should have their freedoms, no mandates, but they really are effective, and they've been incredible. And then I have Regeneron and other drugs that are therapeutics that really work. They really work. They're good. They're great, I would say and uh, other things that were in the pipeline that will be coming soon. And we did all of that. And we did a fantastic job in supplying our country. Every shelf was bare, every cupboard. I call them the cupboards were bare for the different states. We did a great job. We got no recognition for it. All right, we're just getting things started. President Trump is with us for the hour. We will ask him about Biden's disastrous economy and rising inflations and how the poor and the middle class are being hurt badly by these policies. With five cooking options, the passes savings directly onto you. At my pillow, we have hundreds of products, including my new slippers, bathrobe, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. For example, you get my new towels with proprietary technology, which makes them not only soft, but absorbent. We have inflation that is back, an economy that is tanking. Poor and middle class Americans are dying with high energy prices. Uh, we have our borders out of control. We've given up energy independence. Now we have Russia on the border with Ukraine uh, and we have China yeah. saber rattling with Taiwan, talking about reunification and flying their fighter jets over there. And I think a lot of this was captured in an ad put out by the Save America PAC. I want to play it for you. It's comparing Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter. Let me get your reaction to it. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Uh, the similarities, it reminds me a lot of turn your thermostat down and, and put on a sweater and long gas lines, as, as some of us that are older remember. Well, Sean, look at the brownouts all over California. It's terrible. I mean, all of this nonsense that they're doing, they want to replace clean fossil fuels where you have it really clean. Natural gas is very clean, but it's powerful. It can take care of and fuel our country. And they want to replace it with wind, wind where they spend billions and billions of dollars in subsidy. They need subsidy for it. And everything comes from other countries They bring it into our country. I mean, it's just unbelievable. They're thinking you take a look at where we were and remember the word inflation or stagflation, if you'd like to say that, which is a step worse. But remember inflation. What's happening now to prices is many times more than any possible tax increase that anybody could give. But on top of that, in this new bill, they want big tax increases. People are going to pay massive tax increases. And I'm not talking about the wealthy. I'm talking about everybody. Let me let me ask you this. I know you're not going to answer me on the question of whether you can run again or not because of campaign laws. Um, you have said that you think I'll like the answer. So that gives me some insight to where I think you're going with this. If you do run again, 
is there any, what is one major thing that you would do differently? So, look, there are many things that I would complete. For instance, the wall was almost completed. Could have been done in three to four weeks, but they decided not to do it, and they should do it. And, you know, we had the strongest border in history. We have now the weakest border in history. There are many things, many deals I would have done. We were ready to do a great trade deal with Europe because they've been ripping us off almost as badly as China. We had another deal with China coming along that would have been phenomenal that China wasn't happy with. I would have done all of that. Uh, the press, I had to devote a lot of time to fake investigations. They were fake. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the Durham report has, far, you know, it's come out. I wish it could have been a little earlier, but it's unbelievably completed. I would imagine well, it's this not, is just it's the not beginning even out of the yet, foundations. Though. But I want to ask you yeah, about that no, specifically. Well, I mean, no, but, but the foundation. But we know the steel dossiers debunked. The Washington Post had to retract their stories. Where's the rest of the media? Yeah, they actually have retracted it, and almost all of them are starting to now retract it, and they don't know how to do it because they're very embarrassed. And frankly, they should give back their Pulitzer prizes. They won Pulitzer prizes for their coverage of Russia, but you and Solomon and other people were right. You should get the prizes, okay? You were right. You called <laughs> By the it way, early that'll on. That'll make and, their heads you know, explode. That's you have, give like, Hannity the Pulitzer. Yeah. Um, you, but you're right. They didn't earn them. They were wrong. And, you know, we spent three years on this program unpeeling every layer of that onion. And we were proven right first in the Horowitz report. Now, every step of the way, right. it turns out the dirty Clinton bought and paid for dossier was full of lies. And it was used to ruin Carter Page's life and spy on your candidacy, yeah. your transition and your presidency. That happened. Well, that happened and a lot of other things happened. But I was thinking just on the way over for the interview, our country focuses on so many of these fake investigations and we don't focus on greatness any longer. They everything is an investigation. Uh, the the you look at what's going on now where they have a unselect committee. It's an unselect and the way they're treating people. And yet Antifa, who are bad, BLM, you look at all of the horror shows and the death and destruction they cause and they don't go after them. But they go after people that in many cases and not in all cases, but in many, many cases are patriots. And you had some bad people. And if you look at what happened at the Capitol, you had some bad people that were not patriots at all. And they came from other places, including Antifa and including others. And they led a lot of people astray. They don't want to cover that. They don't want to cover the election I have a question. They, but wait a minute. We yes. had 534 riots in the summer of 2020 that the media and right. the Democrats described as mostly peaceful. Okay. Dozens of Americans died. We had thousands of cops that were injured, pelted with bricks, rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails. We had billions of dollars in property damage from between arson and looting that took place. Uh, where is the committee looking into those riots? And where are the prosecutions of the many people we have on videotape committing all of these crimes? Uh, it seems to me that the committee has a predetermined conclusion, outcome, and that is to once again try and bludgeon you. If they really cared about P 
peace, and, and I condemn what happened on the 6th, and you said many of you will peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices will be heard. They forget that part. My question is, where's the committee looking into the 535 so-called peaceful riots in the summer that killed dozens of Americans and injured thousands of cops? Nothing would have happened with Seattle until I was ready to send in the troops in the form of the National Guard. We were going to override the governor. Nothing was going to happen in Minneapolis. I, we saved Minneapolis. If we didn't send them in, you wouldn't have a Minneapolis and you wouldn't have so many other places. But you take a look at the crime in these Democrat run cities. It's it's incredible. Up next, I'll ask the former president how Biden's policies are now hurting Americans and how the media mob treated him differently while he was in office. Stay tuned. I could tell him how to do it. He would bring back the Trump policies on the border. He never would have abandoned Americans. He could go rescue the Americans he left behind enemy lines. Uh, he can go back to energy independence. He can go back to lower taxes and less regulation, which was your economic policies. So he could save his presidency, but I don't see that happening because this party is radicalized more than any at any other point in my working lifetime, which is now 33 years on radio, and now in my 26th year of Fox. If he did nothing when he came in, you'd have the strongest borders in history, and people would be able to come in, but they were coming in legally. You know the other thing nobody talks about? You do. Drugs. The drugs are pouring in now at a record rate. I had them at the lowest level they've been in 17 years. The drugs are pouring through our southern border at a level like we've never seen before. All he had to do is come in and do nothing. We had remain in Mexico. And I worked that out with the Mexican government or I was going to tariff their cars. And I really like the president of Mexico. He and I had a great relationship and we worked out. They gave us 28,000 soldiers at no cost on our border while we were building the wall. Remember, most of the wall is built. It could be finished in three or four weeks. Right now, that steel was put in an area and it's just sitting there rotting on the ground. It's such a shame. It's and a it was waste. so impactful. So the policies would shame. stay the same. It's, look, it's Let me shame. ask you a question. With how the media treated you, again, I go back to what did you what would you do differently? Obviously, the policies would remain the same. Is there any one big thing that you say, you know what, I'm not going to do this or that? Well, you know, until I ran for politics, I got the best media. I really did. The media treated me good. I, but they treated me very well. I guess that's one of the reasons I became president when you think about it. But uh, I would devote maybe more time to it. But I think to a large extent, you know, I oftentimes experimented. I'd have some people in. I'd give them absolutely perfect answer. I'd give them the time. I'd give them everything. And they'd still write a bad story because that's that's their genetic makeup. But I think what I would just do is more of the same. I, would, I was making the greatest trade deals ever. And, you know, our environment was being protected. Sean, nobody talks about it. We had the best numbers we've ever had last year in terms of clean air and clean water, meaning ever in the last 40 years. I assume before that there weren't so many people, so I guess we had good numbers, right? But am I, am we had am the I best numbers right? we've ever had. Am I hearing you right in, in that you it sounds like you would ignore the media more, focus more on the agenda. The agenda obviously works. Let me ask you this, because there, there's a, this, there is well, a factor. Well, I don't factor. think, Sean, if I might, I don't think I don't think that I really 
spent a lot of time in the media. I spent a lot of time on fake investigations. Well, that's I was what being I investigated from the day I came down the escalator. And I have to devote time to that. We have one right now going on on the Capitol. We have local prosecutors all over the country. If I fly over a state, I end up getting investigated. It's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen because no, I, the no, local you, prosecutors work with the federal government. Let me and go Democrats. back to let me go and back to Durham. left and very dangerous Democrats. So and this for me is a little personal because we spent a lot of time making sure we got the right reporting. And I had an ensemble cast. Yeah. You mentioned some of them. John Solomon, Sarah Carter, Greg Jarrett. I can't mention right. everybody, but there were a lot of people. Catherine Herridge at the time. And Everything that we reported, we got right. Only now, all these years later, th this consumed over three years of your presidency. And now we know for a fact what we discovered very early on. And that is that the Steele dossier that Hillary Clinton paid for, and with the DNC, bought and paid for, was full of lies. It consumed a three years of your presidency, and it was all based on a lie. Now, if we live in a country where journalism is that dead and that even knowing the truth today, only one news organization stepped up halfway to acknowledge the, the false reporting, what, how, how do you overcome that when they're so abusively corrupt and biased? They are corrupt. They are. And I say it and I don't want to say it much. But I say it, and I hope in the future I won't have to. They are the enemy of the people. And we could have a country that would be able to heal and get together, except the media foments it. They're so corrupt. And, you know, I call it, I came up with the term fake news a long time ago. I don't know if I'll get credit for that, but that's okay. The fake mm. news, but it's really the corrupt news. It's corrupt what they do. And they're so important, it could be, well, important. They used to have a high approval rating. Now they have the lowest. I think they have a lower rating than Mitch McConnell, which is pretty good. I tell you what, they have a rating that now is people. People have gotten wise to it. They've just gotten wise to it. And it's a shame. Up next, I'll ask Donald Trump about Kyle Rittenhouse's not guilty verdict as we continue. Stay with us. You got a hostile actor in Vladimir Putin. He now looks like he's now got an army ready to go on the border with Ukraine. You see the hostile maneuvers of China flying their fighter jets in, in over Taiwan airspace talking about reunification. Now, I'm going to tie two things together. With all of that happening and Joe Biden saying nothing about either, and then we have the incident of Hunter Biden's $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China, $100,000 shopping spree with a Chinese national, $3.5 million with a, a Russian oligarch, the former first lady of Moscow. Why do I believe that if the last name were Trump and it was your son, Don Jr., or Eric, or Baron Trump, or Ivanka Trump, that people would see the lack of action and tie it to the family being compromised. We saw what Libya had in terms of a dossier on Hunter Biden, and it was not flattering uh, in any way, shape or form. It was a blunt assessment. I worry that the reason Joe won't act is because probably the both China, Russia and these other countries have a dossier on Hunter Biden 
And all of those deals, if it was the Trump family, would be investigated. Why no investigation here? Look, they probably do, and I hope they don't, and I wish the family well. That's dirty stuff. They play a dirty game. If that were my kids, they'd be in jail for the rest of their lives. Uh, the game that is being played, everyone knows it's totally corrupt. And the media didn't want to cover it. When the New York Post did incredible reporting, they banned the New York Post from being on big tech, okay? I mean, every form of big tech. I never saw anything like it. They went after the New York Post for doing phenomenal reporting. They're another real hero in this game, along with the names you mentioned and I mentioned. But if you look at Russia, Russia wasn't threatening. When I was there, we were getting, getting along fine with Russia. I sanctioned Russia like nobody has ever sanctioned them before, ending the pipeline, doing all sorts of... I even sent some things to Ukraine. I don't want to fight the battle for Ukraine. they got to fight their own battles. I'm taking people out. Look, we took all of these people out, all of these wonderful soldiers out of the Middle East. We were all set to get out. And then we had that horrible, horrible, embarrassing withdrawal. But take a look at China. You didn't have bombers flying over Taiwan when I was there. They understood. And President Xi understand you can't do that. I got along really great with President Xi and with President Putin. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Nuclear power. But I think they believed thing, you. Not a bad thing. See, I think, I well, think they believe you. I'll give you an example. Now, let me ask yeah, you this. Yeah, they did believe me, but... Ro Ronnie Jackson yeah. gave you a cognitive right. test. There's now... And I've been, yeah. uh, I've been saying this since before the election, that I think Joe is weak, frail, and, and a cognitive mess. Now the vast majority of people, John McLaughlin's latest poll, see it the way I see it. You took that cognitive test. I asked Ronnie Jackson. You got 30 out of 30. Do you believe that Joe Biden is showing signs of being cognitively compromised? And should he take the test? Look, all I can say is I know, well, most of my like, many of my like, although... Tough cookies. They're all at the top of their game. We need somebody that's at the top of the game. And, you know, maybe you should it should be mandated that you take like cognitive tests or something. But you can't have the head of China, the head of Russia, the head of these powerful nations being at the top of their game. Look at what's happening. Look how weak we look. Look how we look. You don't think that Russia, China, Kim Jong-un of North Korea and all these other people that hate us, you don't think that they were watching and laughing all the way to the bank? Look at, I mean, with what happened in Afghanistan, when they watched that horrible, stupid withdrawal, I can't believe that the military would have allowed themselves to be put in a position like that where they leave and I can just see Abdul. He was the head of the Taliban who I dealt with. And he understood we weren't playing games. Again, no soldier shot. Nobody knows that. Nobody wants to talk about that 18 months. But I could just see him. Abdul, they come back. Abdul, Abdul, the American soldiers have left. No way. Are you an idiot? Are you an idiot? There's no way. No, no, Abdul. I mean it. They've left. He'll say, well, let me check it out. An hour later, he said, they left. Yeah. And they left with all their equipment behind. They left brand new airplanes and brand new everything. We, they have more equipment. You know, they have 700,000 machine guns and rifles and guns. And many of them are on the, on the black market. They don't need that many. Many are on the black market. We had 28 Apache helicopters, the most incredible machine. And you know who's got them now? Two of them each. Russia has two. China has two. 
because they're back engineering it so that they can build the exact same helicopter because it's the most advanced in the world. It's incredible. What Mr. we've President, done is last so question. horrible. Uh, I want to get your take on two issues. Uh, I know after the verdict, Kyle Rittenhouse went to visit you, and I have a picture of it. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the rush to judgment, especially by Joe Biden, because I think Kyle Rittenhouse has a loss against many in the media and Joe Biden himself. Many legal experts agree with my opinion. I want to ask you about that and the, the tragedy of Waukesha, which is uh, a rap sheet a mile long, driving straight into a crowd yeah. of people in that tragedy. I'll give you the last word on that. Well, he was out on bail and he was a rough cookie and it looked like they caught him in some other act and he was speeding. This guy was crazy and a real professional criminal and a bad guy. And the good news is he hated Trump. OK, he hated Trump based on early reporting. And he should have, he should not have been out. He should have never. Uh, can you imagine? I looked at that car going in. Somebody said 30 miles an hour. That was a lot more than 30 right through the middle of a band of people hitting them from the back. I've never seen anything like it. It Terrible. was so I can't even look. Nobody can look at it. You can't even look at it. So five are dead, 40 are badly wounded. The five number will go much higher, all because of a bad guy. And he was out on bail, a very low bail. Just a, a terrible, terrible situation. I mean, just terrible. All right. And uh, I know you met with Kyle Rick. By the way, I have to say, Kyle, Kyle, I got to know him a little bit. He called. He wanted to know if he could come over and say hello because he was a fan, unlike the other guy. He came over with his mother. Really a nice young man. And what he went through, he should that was prosecutorial misconduct. He should not have had to suffer through a trial for that. He was going to be dead if he didn't pull that trigger. That guy that put the gun to his head in one quarter of a second, he was going to pull the trigger. Kyle would have been dead. He's a really good young guy. He's 18 years old, just left Mar-a-Lago a little while ago. And he should never have been put through that. That Mr. was President. prosecutorial misconduct. And it's happening all over the United States right now with the Democrats. Mr. President, you gave us a full hour uh, longer than we thought. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. By the way, the president's new book is out and it's called Our Journey Together. You can get it exclusively on the website 45 Books. Com. Mr. President, great to see you. Thank you for so much time. Uh, we appreciate having you on the program. Thank you very much, John. From the time I met you and I got, you know, came into politics, went all in, you know, that they uh, just made sense because of your common sense solutions. Yeah. And, and uh, I have seen of all the politicians I've met now, I can count on two hands, if that maybe one hand of the politicians that have the people's back like you do. Yeah. No, where you're making decisions. So I, I tell everyone, I tell even my, you know, I, I have no Democrats and liberal friends. I'm going, um, all you got to do is look at the decisions that are being made right now. You know, if they don't help anybody, right. they've got their own agenda, you know. And I always said, well, look I, at the money they make. They're full time politicians, Pelosi and all these people, Waters, right. uh, Obama. Mm -hmm. I expected to lose a lot of money. Right. I lost billions. I expected that. It was okay. Right. These people made money being president. Mm -hmm. yep. And if somebody from Saudi Arabia stays at a suite one night for peanuts, right. even though I'm willing to lose billions, billions of dollars, dollars, and, and they, they stay there pay six hundred dollars or whatever it is, they'll, they'll make, make like, like oh, somebody. Yeah. <laughs>
think it's, it's the most incredible thing. But these people have made a fortune. Many of them have made a fortune. And I was prepared. I, I felt that if I go in, I mean, the brand, all of a sudden, half the people like you. Mm-hmm. I think Been it's there. more than that. I actually do. I think it's more than that. Uh, yeah. oh, it you know, Mike, yeah. I don't think it's a 50-50 country. Oh, no, no. When, when you have... When you have Things like no voter ID, defund the police, open borders, sanctuary cities, all of the stuff they have. I don't believe 50% of the people vote for them. No. I think they cheat on elections. No, they absolutely And they do cheat. other things, and no. that gets them up to that 50%. But they can't have 50% with those policies. Absolutely not. And, you know, when you were, when you were president, I kept telling people, everybody loves our president. Some just don't know it yet. Yeah. And what was happening is, here's, here's a bucket of people, the stuff you did, or your, here's people that voted for you, okay? And here's another bucket again, and I keep telling you, there isn't one thing you ever did which a person would go that way. So it was a constant pouring of the yeah. people over here. And, you know, the the real total is you got over 80 million votes. That's fact. I've got that. That's fact. Over 80 million, the most of anybody in history, yeah. you know? And, and people over here, they're waking up, uh, they're not only, I, I believe we get through this and we're gonna, it's just gonna be an amazing place, but we had to go through it all. Well, the and beauty you were is, able to smash that and just. Well, you have been you know. so brave. You're an incredible patriot. You have been so brave. I'll never forget the first rally. I've seen you in, for years on television, <laughs> but I never met you. And I'm making a speech and I have, I think Alabama, I had like 65,000 people in the audience uh, and I see you. I said, that's the pillow guy. I can't believe it. The pillow guy is here. But you're an incredible patriot, oh, and uh, people love you. No. Well, it's, 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 it becomes pretty easy when you, you, we lose our country, yeah. you know? And it's like, and it, you know. But isn't it amazing? You give the facts. Yeah. You say, here's how they cheated. Because, you know, now we know much more than we yeah, did yeah. a few months ago, and every month we learn more. Mm-hmm. When you look at what happened in Wisconsin, when you look at what they just did in Arizona, they just found some in Pima County. Yeah, Pima County. Hundred and some percent of the people voted that live in the county. Yeah, that's right. And no, the whole thing. You know, they just found this out two days ago. And you see it. And you present it to politicians that are uh, friends of ours, sort of. Yeah. And they said, oh, don't worry, you're going to win next time. I say, wait a minute. There is no next time. There is no. Yeah. You're not going to have a country left. But these, And I'm saying these are good people. Right. They say... Oh, don't worry about it. 45,000 votes, right. which is far more than you need, right? right? Don't worry about it. You're going to win next time. Mm-hmm. I say, where do they come? Now, then we have the other kind that are so on our side. Right. But I, I'm amazed that so many people say, sir, you're doing so well. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. You're going to win the next time. Right. That means that we're allowed to have a president that had all of this stuff going on, right. running our country. Which didn't and win. he's doing such a poor job. No. It's no. not like, wow, the right. country's, and that in theory shouldn't matter either. But the fact is we have somebody that's destroying our country. You mm-hmm. look at inflation, you look at the economy, you look at Afghanistan. That was the mm-hmm. most embarrassing moment for our country, in, history. in the history mm-hmm. of our country. You look at every single thing, mm-hmm. even look at the supply chains. Did you ever hear even a, a question of a problem with the supply chain? Right. So you have thousands of ships probably causing you a lot of problem yeah, in your all, business. They're all, they're all lucky I make a lot of my product yeah, here. You make you it know. here but I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> if I'd have been their marketer and on inauguration day, 
I would have said, I would have gotten a room and said, okay, let's not do anything stupid to ruin the country until they shut up about the 2020 election. Yeah. But what do they do the first day? They lay off 50,000 union jobs, shut the pipeline down. They knew what that would manifest to. It's not just what you're paying gas. All the shipping right now, it's going to be double-digit inflation. People have no idea what's coming, and it's all because of what? The, the steel of the Trump. No Mike, I closed the Russian pipeline to Europe and to yeah. Germany. I closed the Russian pipeline all over Europe. I closed it. Yeah. And then they say, oh, he's so friendly with Russia. That's, that's the biggest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And I got along with Putin. Yeah. I got yeah. along with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I ran it like you're supposed to run it. Right. And then Biden comes along and he opens it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing you can do. But he closes our... Keystone Pipeline. Right. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? doesn't that? even make sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. make and sense. 13 of them have committed suicide right away. They were promised right. jobs. And then he gets good publicity. He closes mm-hmm. it, and they hardly talk about mm-hmm. it. They don't talk about Afghanistan anymore. You never see it on the news. Mm-hmm. That, so, that, that story disappeared weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The most embarrassing thing ever happened to our country. We fled. We surrendered. 13 young people were killed. They don't oh, talk wow. about the people whose arms are gone, whose legs are gone. Wow. You know, we had 28 soldiers, no legs, no arms. One had two legs gone, one arm gone. Mm-hmm. They don't even talk about those people. We left Americans behind by the thousands, possibly, mm-hmm. and we left. And he took the military out before yeah, all the others. And then we left $85 billion worth of equipment. And people don't talk about it. When was the last time you heard the word Afghanistan? You and I talked about it. You did. You know what it was? Not even two days later, a couple days later, he gets on TV and talks about if you have 100 people, you have a mandate in your company. If you have more than 100 employees, that was just a deflection to not talk about Afghanistan. So everybody gets up and that's one of the reasons also that our economy is going bad, the mandate. I just I want to put in closing, I want to say there's, you know, back to the election of 2020, I want to thank you and everyone does for standing firm on that, because anyone that moves on from that, then you're saying you're okay with that. And you've given strength to millions of people that are going, are behind you, and we're going to get to it, get it gone. We're well, gonna, I've said we're going to melt down the machines and use them yeah. into prison bars. That's very interesting. <laughs> it's a very good idea. You know. But of all the things I talk about, like at rallies, we have these great rallies, mm-hmm. 69,000 people, 55,000 people. Uh, we're going to uh, Nevada soon. We've got a, mm-hmm. a massive field, and it's yeah. going to be packed and instantly. So I can feel an audience. So can you. The thing they want to talk about more than any other subject is the election fraud of 2020 right. because they want that fixed because yeah. they can't have a country without mm-hmm. that. You know, I used to say borders. you got to have borders. Mm-hmm. We don't have borders, but we don't have elections and we don't have a free and fair right. press. Right. So this country has a long right. way to go. Well, it, it, I've said it before, too. If you have if you have a cyber attack, which I've you know, I've stood firm on that. I have the right. evidence. And if right. you have a cyber attack, you have cyber attacks every day. We have it on our gas line. We have it on credit card companies, yeah. businesses yeah. Yeah. like ours. When you have this. It's like you got protection. Well, your geeks are better than the the good geeks are better than the bad geeks, and then they would, you know, virus protection and all this. Right. Well, if you get through, what it amounts to is just a money thing. But when you get through in an election, you take everything, our freedoms, yeah. everything, and that's where I think you know where people have to realize out there. You know, even I I really believe if I've told journalists out there. 
you know, do you care about your country? You know, but their bosses, bosses, whatever, they can't even print something good if they wanted to. And that's so hard getting around. You almost got to use the bad media to even get the word out. You know? Well, it's incredible when communities like Milwaukee, they don't want to show their records, okay? Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, known as being one of the most corrupt places, and mm -hmm. especially as it pertains to election. But mm -hmm. Detroit is the king of them all. Right. And they don't want to have you look at anything. Right. And you found out that in much easier times where the mail-in stuff was, you know, much tougher, mm. they found 5%. Now in times where many, many times the, the number go out, they find it's less than one, one one hundredth of 1%. Right. In other words, it's never corrupt. You know it's massively corrupt right. because it has to be much more than before well, they sent all of Well, it is. Stuff. This is the only election in history where you have all these states where massive amounts of non-residents voted in each state or people that were dead. Well, of course they didn't vote. They used their names. What we've been doing around is getting all the states the, who registered their right. voter rolls and the people that registered after, you know, the, on their voter rolls afterward. So we can get it. You know, everyone can have access to these. We have access to them. And you look at these anomalies going, okay, uh, this county has this many people, but yet, uh, 2,000 more people voted than live right. there. No, no. You know, we have more votes than you have people. Yeah. And they try and pretend there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. And no. it amazes me where these communities, though, don't want to have anyone see it. In fact, they get rid of the evidence mm -hmm. and they don't want to have anyone. And you're not talking about a lot of votes. You, you, a lot of votes are cheated on, but we lost by so little. Right. Well, they did it to cheat just enough to, you know, you got so many votes that they had to, you know, broke everything. The algorithms on 11 o'clock on election night. Yeah. One of the things you can take apart everything, you know, the deviations that I've seen. One of the things I watched Arizona for a week, took a week to count 2% of the vote. Well, they had, they had to spend a week figuring out because you were going to go by by eighty thousand. You won Arizona by a quarter million votes. Wow. They had to figure out how are we going to how are we going to cheat. It took them a week. Michigan, they were easy. You know what they did? They dumped a hundred and some thousand votes for Biden in the middle of the night. You can watch it. And then they say to us, "What? Well, those were those mail-in votes." Yeah. Well, here, what people don't know. When you look at what, that chart in Michigan, but, right, where it's going what, along, and then, then all of a sudden right. it spikes up to the ceiling. Right. And what people don't realize is those weren't mail-in votes. The mail-in votes were not counted in the middle of the night on the 4th. They were the first votes counted right. on the morning of the 3rd. Right. So you say that to people. One of the things that with, when you had that conversation with terrible crooked Brad Rassenberger in Georgia, that phone call, that right there should, the whole people in this, everyone in this country should have said, you need to show your stuff, Rassenberger, because you, you asked him, well, gee, you had 15,000 non-resident voted, 6,000, it was right in front of all these stats. Yeah. And he go, and I remember you saying, and he goes, he go, can you give us a couple of these? These people can't vote. And he said, well, those aren't the real numbers. And you said, well, where are the real numbers? And your, your, one of your attorneys, whatever said, um, we got them from him, sir. Yeah. And then you asked him, when are we going to get the real numbers? He never provided the real sure. numbers. Ever. And they said they were going to meet. Yeah. And we never met. Never we, met. They would never meet. You know. And he said, I think there were two dead people, right? Yeah. <laughs> not thousands. There were two dead were people. He said that on the call. Yeah. It's uh, not yeah. even believable yeah. what's taking you know. place. You yeah. know what else is unbelievable? You have somebody called, and even Republicans like the rhinos, right. they sort of just want to get on with life. That's sad. And you say, yeah. why? Yeah. Is it dishonesty or right. is it complacency? What is it? Yeah. But 
you are a fighter, and I'll tell you, this country someday, I really believe this country someday is going to be very appreciative of what you, you've oh, done. Oh, thank you. It's, it's, sir, no, I give my glory me, to God. I and, mean, and, me, but you no. are uh, you're well, a great I'll, patriot. I will say this, what I've learned is... We just have to wrap right after this. Yep, yep, yep. No. Um, the, uh, I want to say, say one more thing here. The What surprises me is, I, I mean, since the cyber symposium, I've been going into the red states, You'd think you'd get there, get their voter rolls, show them, and say, hey, let's look inside your machines, right through to your routers. Here's what happened here. You go to a residence where one person lives there, you find out 12 live there, but they didn't. They just used their name. Right. So you show them this, you show them all this, and yet they'll go, um, no, we, we were secure. I'm going, look at it. And these are some of them are, are people. And it's like, like you say, why are you, why are you being complacent? You know, do, you know, it's almost like if we did nothing, if we let 2020 didn't let it go, you know what they'd be saying two years from now? Well, I wish we'd have listened. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, I think we're doing a very important yeah. thing. Yeah. We're going to find yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned red states. It's very interesting that we went to Texas. They want to have a big thing. Even though I won Texas by a lot, yeah. we should have won it by much, much more. No. Texas no. is not a blue state, no. okay? Right. And we had a tremendous victory in Texas yeah. and in Florida. Mm -hmm. But... I have no doubt that there were a lot of things that went on, and they should really get to it. Because right. you're going to lose elections in those states eventually. Right. You know, you're going to lose Texas at some point, the most, the and most you votes, didn't really lose it. Right. The most votes were California number one stole, and yeah. Texas number two, Florida number three. Yeah. You know, it was, it was all 50 states. and, and uh, If we didn't yeah. swamp them in Texas and Florida, I wouldn't have won those oh, two yes, states. Oh, you took them. You're exactly right. Well, we're going to get through it all, and I believe that... We, you know, when we get way out here, we're going to look back and all this had to happen just the way God intended it because everything that you did to show us what great leadership should be and what it can manifest to to help all people who are alive and to have a great life in this country, the best country in the world. And I, I want to thank you, as millions do, for being the greatest president we've ever had. Well, thank and, you. Uh, and we appreciate you so really much. It's really an honor. And the good news is we're going to look back at what they did, and we're going to say they did a terrible job. Mm -hmm. So they won't be able to talk right? because the job they've done is record-setting bad, mm -hmm. and we're going to take back our country. Yes, we are. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, God bless you. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Was that awesome or what? Thank you all for watching, and I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview, but I want you all to do something now. Go out and tell everybody you know that the attorneys general from the states are putting a lawsuit in on November 23rd, two days before Thanksgiving, to sue the United States government over the 2020 election. And here's a little bonus. From Wednesday night at midnight before Thanksgiving all the way to Sunday night at midnight on Lindale TV, we're going to live stream for 96 hours straight so you can get everyone you know you're sitting around Thanksgiving. Tune us in. We're on the Roku channel. We got get everybody you can in your house to watch. This is the time we all have to come together, unite our country, and show everybody what happened in the 2020 election and help save our country. Thank you. So, I wanted you guys to hear the president speak before we get into some stuff, some really cool stuff. I wanted to address the Lynn Wood situation. I just want to say it's quite odd. 
he's not a criminal attorney. He has no power over any of the criminal procedures. He raised $2 million on his social media. All of us were sharing the fight back law, weren't we? $50,000 were donated by Lindell. And remember, in the state, they had to pay the whole bail amount of $2 million, not pennies on the dollar. So I'm very confused as to the targeted attack. Very confused. I don't know. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't say much on that. The only thing I can say is, I told you, everybody tells you who they are. And eventually, every single person pulls their pants down. Every single one, no exceptions. Now, as you know, all of us, as of last week, have been pounding the phones and turning up to our attorney generals. And it is incredible. What we have done is incredible. And I, I, I just don't know what to say. Do I say you are the change makers? Because you are. Do I say that you're going to be turning up and you're going to be setting that alight tomorrow? Yes, you are. Stop being sidetracked with things that we shouldn't fret on right now. As I said in the beginning of the show, focus on the now. Focus on the now. And the now is we need to assess two things. We need to get SCOTUS get going. We need to have our attorney general sign on. And the only way we do this is by taking back their power. Allow me to elaborate. Now, we all know how I've exposed Ronna McDaniel before. I also showed you earlier today a video of where the attorney general were in charge of dealing with election fraud in 2008, and they refused to because the RNC stepped in. We're seeing a repeat here. The fact that Ronna McDaniel came out and said, yes. Biden is a duly elected president, was her saying. If you guys want to win and you guys want to run, then you better shut the fuck up and fall in line. And how do I know that? Pay attention. One of the biggest patriotic, most constitutionally sound attorney generals is that of Texas, Ken Paxton. Look who's challenging the seat. Look at all of them getting challenged. You see, this is what the GOP does. This is why I said we will dismantle the GOP and the DNC. It is getting hammered right now. If you sign on to that, you'll never be elected again. I'm sorry. We're in charge. Not you. It's going to happen. 
You do not define me. This is why it's very important that tomorrow morning, I kid you not, and I'm going to put it out on my um, on my telegram. We need to call our local GOP and say, we're not giving you a fucking penny unless the AG signs on to this suit. Mark my words. We need to hound them down and tell them, you will get nothing and we will dismantle you. We are hundreds of thousands strong in our state. We can dismantle them faster than anything. You just need to remind them if the AG of my state, and this is speaking to Republican states, right? I know a lot of you are in Democrat states. We're talking Republican states. You're going to tell them if the AG does not sign on to this suit, the GOP will not get a penny. We will also dismantle you. Remember, a guy won an election in New Jersey with $158. He was our guy. Watch us fucking take you down. That is all you have to say. Not one fucking penny. We will find a candidate that's not anywhere, and we will put him on the fucking ballot. Oh, you need to put him in as a fucking write-in and watch him win. They will be destroyed. Status quo my ass. You just have to vote straight red or stay blue. Fuck that. We're writing straight write-ins. How's that? The thing is, we need to make that statement. We need to be in the now. These are the things we need to do now. Mike Lindell is freaking out because she came out and made a statement. Listen to what he said on The War Room today. I'm I'm here here to announce the 96-hour live stream event on frankspeech.com. This is going to be historic. We're going to call it the Thanksathon. It's going to go from 12 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning to midnight on Sunday, November 28th. We're going to unpack the historic U.S. Supreme Court complaint on the 2020 election. And we're also going to be taking apart the biggest crime in history, the 2020 election. We'll be posting the schedule here on frankspeech.com, so keep checking back. This is going to be 96 hours of thanks, hope, and information that we're all going to need to get our country back. You can all do your part right now and let everyone you know to go to frankspeech.com and watch this 96-hour thanks-a-thon. Thank you and God bless. Okay, Mike Lindell joins us now. Mike, uh, my guys are over at the Supreme Court waiting for a drop-off. Where where do we stand? I know you're flying around. Every time I talk to you in a different state talking to officials, can you give us an update of where do we stand? You've got the 96-hour that starts, I think, Wednesday night, goes all the way through the weekend. We're uh, we're flying around uh, the last couple of days. It's been been very uh, chaotic if uh, uh, getting – at zero hour here, getting these uh, AGs to sign up and get uh, get this out there. But we do have we do have a full copy of the complaint with any of the changes that they needed, and uh, uh, we're going to have a great update for you. I'd like to come back on at five o'clock, Steve. But uh, this is kind of a um, this is historic. I've seen the complaint. It is. <laughs> It is epic. Oh, that's all I can say. It's epic. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the changes that uh, that they wanted in it. Uh, you know, it's their complaint. This is the attorney general's. This is the state's complaint against the uh, uh, U.S. government. So uh, it's. Uh, I have the complaint. I've read the complaint. The complaint 
is so incredible. It is pages upon pages upon pages upon pages of just, it was so beautifully done. And these attorney generals, they have to sign on. They will never be in any elected office if they do not sign on. And I'm specifically talking about the Republican ones. You know, we can't really hold the Democrat ones accountable. But you know what's funny? And I think we need to start calling this out. Fox News has refused to talk about this. You guys know that I know a lot of people that work there, right? Oh, he just had the president on. He's not going to talk about the lawsuit. Tucker just had Kyle and they had like this. He's not going to talk about the lawsuit. They will not promote it. They will not allow us to promote. They will not allow us to play ads. You know why? Because that infrastructure bill was passed. And that infrastructure bill had $50 billion of your money to bail fake news out when you sue them. So fucked up. Because now that, you know, I'm suing Chattanooga newspaper, they're going to use tax dollars to bail themselves out. (laughs) So weird. So weird. So weird. This is one of the biggest shit shows we're watching. It is terrible. It is completely terrible. But we're in control now. And Mike Lindell is working tirelessly. Say, what are, what are we changing? We're making changes. We're going to make this perfect. Imagine how many legal minds are working on this to make it perfect. Uh, we're working very hard to I told people yesterday. Let me, let me, let me, let me ask, but certainly come on at five. You have an open invitation always to come on here, particularly on this issue that's so central to the three November movement. Remember, this is Mike Lindell's kind of air game as other people go through the ground game. Uh, but here's the thing is that, and you're going to lay out the complaint itself on Thursday. So people will be able to see that. And of course, that'll lead to many great Thanksgiving dinners for sure late in the afternoon as now people have, have the ability to argue with their, their their favorite uh, uncle or favorite cousin who maybe is right. not a Trump supporter. So so. But by the way, we now know from Richard Barris's polling, there ain't many of them, and there's not a lot they're going to step forward. Only thirty percent of independents in this nation approve of Joe Biden. That's historic. And by the way, that's in the margin of error. That's it's somewhere we've said from day one we can get that number to the twenty, which is historic. Thirty is historic, but twenty is m- mega historic. We're going to get it there. Um. But is it is it do you think that and I want to call it an artificial deadline because I know you're trying to herd cats right yeah. with this complaint. <laughs> but is it is it is it the deadline is it the deadline itself or just walk us through the process because people are kind of on tenter hooks about was, how this rolls. Was the date I put in there obviously this is their complaint. I put this because I wanted to I wanted to have put pressure on there at least to have the complaint. So we can go through it uh, piece by piece, and uh, and I put this date on it. Now I've had many AGs yesterday. I was on the phone with four of them yesterday, and some of them have so much going on right now that you know. Last Friday, uh, they put out. They gave them today 
to, uh, to, to fighting these uh, mandates where uh, kids had to take the vaccine. And that was in many states out there. That was written very public on Friday. You have a lot of things that are happening out there very suspiciously, almost trying to slow these guys down. And uh, But we'll have a, you know, it is like kind of like herding cash. You have different ones at different levels. Well, I do have some, a couple, which I don't want to announce right now, that said straight up, we're not going to do it. And uh, it's a shame. And we're all going to have, we're going to have a great, way for you to reach out to your own state AG. In fact, if I might, I'm going to have that up by five o'clock. Uh, we have the, I will actually have a copy, full copy. I'm heard that I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that we'll have a full copy of the complaint and we'll be allowed to uh, get parts of it out there where you'll have the AGs, your AG right on there where you can email your own AG uh, because there are states that, a couple that are very disturbing that they gave no reason. We don't have, we don't, uh, we don't want a part of this. We don't want to help save our country. Um, you know, they didn't say that outright, but I mean, what else would they? What else would it be? I, I don't get it. Okay, so uh, we'll have you back at five. We can put the complaint, but on Thursday, because the complaint's quite voluminous, and it's going to need lawyers to kind of walk people through. You're going to have a complete team to walk people through this on Thursday. Going to have a team of lawyers right after your show, and we want everybody on the war room to see the uh, everybody out there. You guys need to spread this far and wide. This 96-hour uh, thanksathon we're having. This is so important that we get eyes on this. Everybody, we we have to get eyes on this because if this case, even if the you know if it gets out today or tomorrow or whenever it's filed, it, if nobody, if they're not going to talk about it, and you know Fox, these outlets are not going to talk about it. They're going to go. They're going to silence. So we need you, everybody out there to see it. And we need to get, you know, to even to push on and just keep pushing them. We will go through it. We'll have a team of lawyers, some that some that were involved in the, in the writing of it, some that weren't, and, and go piece by piece. It'll take, I don't know how long it'll take, as long as it takes on Thanksgiving. And we're also on Thanksgiving. Remember, we're going to take everybody back in time from before the 2020 election, Pretend you missed something out there. What did I miss? You won't believe it. I've been going through the timeline, Steve, and the things that came, the, the stuff that came out back then that they that they didn't want you to hear or see, it's just, it's horrific. I, all I can say is that, that's the only word I can say is, why wasn't the public made aware of this? Where was Fox? Where was our news outlet? Mike, we'll see you back here at 5 o'clock. I know you got other meetings with these AGs yeah. today. So as you continue to catch, thank you very much for joining us here in the war room. Thanks, Steve. God bless everyone. So the complaint is quite uh, it's quite detailed, and we're going to make sure everybody gets a chance to go through the entire thing as Mike Lindell rounds up the AGs. They're going to be at the tip of the spear of this as they file it. Yes, they will. And they have to go through with it. Uh, it's, it's a massive suit. It is massive. It is so eloquently put, too. It is incredible. I want to show you something on that. Here's what's happening tomorrow. And please remember that you did that. You did all of that. And obviously, you know, during his 96-hour um, thankathon, he's going to be going through the suit piece by piece by piece so people can see the evidence of the fraud, the fraud that has been repeating itself over and over and over again. Now, in the meantime, while we're fighting for election integrity, 
while we're fighting to ensure that this stops and it ceases and we stop this pattern of escalating the intricacy of uh, the illusion of freedom. We're taking it back. They're also strategizing within Congress. Some people knowingly and, un and unknowingly, willingly and unwillingly saying and doing things with this J6 commission that will destroy any opportunity for this wind to carry it out at full. But fret not. We're way ahead of that. Now, Ali Alexander has been to all these states. He's been working tirelessly with Stop the Steal. He did start the first Stop the Steal with Roger Stone's uh, help, who did begin it. And I, it doesn't matter who has the providence of it, but there are other groups always trying to claim that, oh, they're really Stop the Steal. It doesn't matter. Just go to the states, fight, speak up, educate people. Action. Judge a tree by its fruits, and Ollie's been putting out a lot of good fruit. I'm executive director of Women for America First, but I started the Stop the Steal Facebook group that went viral and had 365,000 people um, within 22 hours, and Facebook shut us down. When they shut us down, we were gaining 1,000 people every 10 seconds. So now we've taken the momentum, and we've brought together a big coalition that everyone can find out about at StolenElection.us, um, and we have, have been in every state holding rallies and we're not going to stop until every legal ballot is cast and every illegal ballot that was cast is thrown out. Welcome back to the War Room. We now have Kylie Jane Kramer. She is the co-head and uh, partner with her mom, uh, Amy Kramer. We had Amy on last week and did, uh, I, quite frankly, a breathtaking job with almost no resources to put together, I think, one of the seminal events in MAGA history. Thank you so much, Steve, and absolutely. I mean, the fact that we were able to not only do this in four days to get all the permits, the staging, everything, but the turnout was absolutely unbelievable. But you know what? It's very reminiscent back in the Tea Party days. Um, my mom was one of the original co-founders of the Tea Party movement, um, and we saw grassroots rising up because they were very unhappy with the way the direction of the country was going. We have your voice up now. We have, we're showing the footage of what you were able to accomplish. Here's why I think, because I was there at the beginning of the Tea Party and saw the amazing job your mom and others did in that. It was so new and fresh and, and different at the time. Here, there's so much hate and so much intimidation, and so many people have kind of peeled off because they don't want to lose their job or they don't want to be. The positive nature in that we're not going to back off. These are tough people. They have grit determination, but the positive nature of this how inclusive it was. We are announcing the March for Trump bus tour. We are going to be launching in just 10 days in South Florida, November 29th, leading all the way up for two weeks in um, December, ending in D.C. December 12th for the big March for Trump event here in D.C. at Freedom Plaza. I got two quick speakers. We saw what happened after dark last time. Come 
dimension one. You guys go home with groups. I'm excited to bring up another amazing speaker. I got a couple people. We gotta hurry because the sun's coming down. Millie, Bob Lawrence, come up here, brother. He's been attacking the people who put this together. He's not taking my stage. It's not happening. come out to a lot of events. I don't normally come out and give big speeches. We do stuff digitally at InfoWars. We reach millions of people a day. And there have been a lot of different groups out here running demonstrations and having events. And anytime I show up at one of those events, it becomes a big disturbance because so many people come over and start trying to talk to us. And I was going to the Supreme Court building yesterday because I heard it was going to be a rally that I was invited to. Didn't even know who was really doing it. I told a big crowd of people, hey, when this is over at the Jericho March, let's go over at four o'clock to the Supreme Court. But an hour later, we get there. I'm walking up. There's a hill. People are standing there. I can't even see what's happening. And a bunch of security guys kind of run into us and say, hey, you're not going to, quote, take over our stage. Uh, and so I said, that's fine. We're going to play that video in a moment. I said, hey, that's fine. Get your hands off me. We'll go over here. But then as soon as we walked away, everybody followed us away and went over there to hear me speak. And that's just because of the populism and how we helped launch the whole Trump phenomenon that anywhere I show up at these events, that happens. It's not like I was trying to. We saw what happened after dark last time. Oh, he's been attacking the people who put this together. He's not taking my stage. We saw what happened after dark last time. I thought it was important that you actually see what it is. So there we are, and me and Jennifer are talking, and she's like, talk. I was like, no, thank you. I would love to speak, but I'm in sweatpants, and I'm busy collecting receipts. But Millie, she can go. Millie was like, what? Yeah, okay, fine. You know, she's a good... <laughs> And the minute she's ready to go on stage, out of nowhere, Ali Akbar and Alex Jones turn up to sabotage it. And they were screaming and they were trying to get in there. And it was the weirdest thing. But it was fabulous on collecting receipts. Fabulous. So see, truth is there. They just lie all the time. They lie, lie, lie. Huh. And like I said, the problem that we're going to see is how it's going to come down. Now, I shared a video of Alex Jones saying, if they call me down at the Capitol, I'm going to uh, plead the fifth. He said that on October 11th, right? October 11th. And if you remember, 
Ali Akbar and Roger Stone were already called to the J6 committee. Do you guys remember that? They were already subpoenaed and went and talked. Oh, no, that's a that's wrong. <laughs> My mistake. They were investigated by the FBI. <laughs> and now the J6 wants them. So there's Ali Akbar and then there's Roger Stone. Ali Akbar has been subpoenaed. Now they have Roger Stone going in with Alex Jones. And, you know, it's going to be so weird because, you know, there were times where I thought that Alex Jones was just like too drunk or high or something, you know, that, you know, maybe he was gullible. But then I remember the whole story of the, the, the coerced. Here's where we're going with the T now. He was made aware that, you know, Owen Schroyer, which I hear from the person that he coerced or made this girl believe that he had some power to give her a job at InfoWords, that he has a small PP. That would make sense as to why he acts like that. But um, this young lady, super cute, her name was Ashton Whitty. Um, you know, she was kind of, it was like, isn't that a labor law, right? It's not called rape or date rape, right? It's like a labor law. When you have your people like Rob Dew, Owen Schroyer, and Owen Schroyer actually like forced himself kissing or whatever. I, like I said, I hear he has a small PP. Uh, so, you know, she was young and she wanted a show and she felt like, oh, you know, this is happening, right? Uh, why not? Um, you know, they're making me feel like this. Zimmerman had her trapped in his apartment. Like, it's a hot mess. So you would be like, well, Alex Jones doesn't know that. Actually, when she turned around and said, well, you know, I'm not going to say anything because now I can use it as leverage. So they give me a job. Mm, alarm bells went off on, an, you know, through employees that were there when they heard her complain. And, you know, they said, hey, Alex, you know, this is going to be really bad for your business. Like your guys are doing this. This could be a problem. Turns out she was singled out and they were kept and even promoted. You remember Ashton Whitty where they hijacked her shadow so bad that she was cutting herself on Twitter and saying she wanted to kill herself. Right? These are the people that you pay money to to give you the news. Right? Those kind of slime bags, the ones that tell you that they're, they love, you know, they protect children and they love women. Yet that's what they do. And it's probably because they're out in D.C. when they go reporting, snorting coke with Cassandra Fairbanks and the rest of them, you know, at a party. What, Tori? Yeah. So let's just stop right there before I get really mean. Because, uh, you know, many people sit there and say, uh, you know, no, you have to be the person, you know, that you pretend to be. Because... Again, it's pretending it's not reality. And so uh, it's very interesting how every lie will be revealed and every stone will be turned. You will see right under it, every single one of them. 
I can spill a very good tea, but I'm not. I thought I'd give you a taster. I mean, I do have receipts in respects to specific audio, specific texts. So I don't have to. As you can see, you know, so many people, what do you think about this person and this person and this person? I don't have to tell you anything. We're not here to tell you who to trust. You just have to look at who gave you the playbooks, who's really giving you information to do things. That's all you have to look at. Who's really helping change? See, if they're not helping change, then what is their purpose? Do they look pretty? Are they like a plant in a room where you buy that big tall tree and you're just like, oh, look, it just brightened up the room. And they, are they your plant? Are they your plant? If they're not contributing to this, I mean, that's the rule of thumb. If you're not contributing, then why the fuck are you important? If you're not assisting, then why the fuck are you important? If you're not doing anything, again, uh, why are you important again? Hmm. See, plants look pretty, but they're that. They're simply plants. Can you feel it though? Can you feel it? I can feel it. So just a notification. Tomorrow I'm going to have a full house. I've got, you know, I don't know if I can do it though. Oh, I'm trying to think like, okay, maybe in my apartment. Okay. I might have special guests on with me tomorrow. I may have a, spe <laughs> a special guest with me tomorrow. Oh my gosh. They're going to see my studio and be like, are you kidding? This is your studio. Stop it. Um, so um, it's going to be a short show. I'm going to start it early, uh, but it's going to be available. Hopefully this is why I was streaming on YouTube and um, Facebook and Twitch. It's going to be a short show because there's people coming from other places and we're all converging. It's going to be kind of cool. And, you know, the next day on Thanksgiving, they're going to be tasting my food. So <laughs> that'll be fun. So um, uh, Thanksgiving Day will be a full house. Maybe I'll do like a live stream from my laptop or something during dinner um, to share, you know, who I consider my family. Right. Um, and uh, tomorrow we're going to go um, eat food out, which won't be the eating food in silence, right? You can't do that when you have guests. I highly suggest everyone at some point tomorrow, please try this. Get some food. Don't read anything. Don't watch anything. Do not have your phone and don't have a conversation. And just focus on the food in front of you. If you try that, maybe you'll understand what I mean. On that note, guys, uh, tomorrow, um, I'm assuming I'm going to do a show at about five. So um, I'll see you then. God bless. See you tomorrow.